Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing everybody a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you may be tuning in to today's podcast from. With more than 8 million tonnes of plastic being thrown away each year, single-use plastic is one of the world's most talked-about topics. XL London is taking positive steps to reduce waste and is launching a no-plastic campaign to outline the venue's commitment to this global issue. I'm delighted to say that joining us on the podcast today is Julia Galbraith from XL London. Julia is the Senior Marketing Manager. Julia, thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you for inviting me along. Hello, James. Um, as as your as the introduction highlights, um, it, it's a vast amount of plastic waste that most people are aware of now. This is a subject that's been talked about not just within the events industry, but in, in wider you know consumer communications. You look at the news every day, and mm. most media outlets are carrying some sort of story related to this particular issue. Um, how important is it for venues of the size and the scale and operation of Excel to actually address this issue and subsequently do something about it? I think it's, um, we all believe that it's absolutely crucial that we should be leading the, the way on this topic. I mean, obviously, it's something that's become um, quite, as you mentioned, quite quite prevalent in recent years, ever since, uh, I think it was Blue Planet, and uh, David Attenborough sort of, sort of did a devastating overview of exactly how harmful our behaviours are being on the, on the planet. It's something that we've been acutely aware of. Um, and it's also something that, um, over, particularly over the the last sort of year or so we've had a lot of kind of client and visitor feedback on where they're, they're very much looking looking to us to lead the way and and make changes to our sort of our policies um, to try and reduce the amount of single-use plastic waste that this um, venue generates events by their very nature can be quite wasteful entities when you think about events moving into a building and all of the supplies and the, the sort of products that they bring with them and all the carpet and the stand build and at the end of the event a lot of that is then sort of disposed of mm. and goes away. So we're, we're, we're conscious that the very nature of our business means that a lot of waste is generated. So what is really important is what little steps can we take to to um, sort of significantly re- reduce the amount of waste that we generate. So it was it was from that starting point that that we've kind of launched this campaign. Um, which we sort of launched earlier this year. And it was a very public statement to say, look, we are absolutely 100% committed to reducing the amount of single-use plastic um, generated by this venue. And you say little steps, but uh, as a venue, you have a remit to cater for over 4 million visitors per year. So what you may consider to be little steps, actually, when you're looking at that in terms of numbers and people who are coming through your door, can have quite a big impact, even with small changes. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, the reason I say small steps is actually this, the the more we've delved into single-use plastic, the more aware we've become of how complex and complicated um, that this whole area, this this whole environmental issue is, be it from the um, kind of packaging that's being used to how the waste is then sorted to the to the sort of UK infrastructure as a whole, how set up the UK is to then deal with all of this plastic that's been generated by the consumers. So what we looked at, I mean, it was such a vast 
um, topic. So when we say small steps, we looked at what areas can we make that the most immediate impact. Um, and our focus initially has been on the food and drink side of our business. As you may know, we have a central boulevard. There's around 27 retail units on that, um, selling breakfast, lunch and dinner to the 4 million visitors that we're, we're welcoming through our venue every year. So our initial focus of this campaign has been on how are those units being operated and what can we do to um, reduce the amount of plastic that this, mm. this, this venue um, generates. Uh, and, it, and it might seem, um, I suppose, like a bit of a ruthless question to ask, but um, one, one of the initiatives and, and steps that I know that you guys have taken is that there's going to be um, the installation of permanent water fountains along uh, public in public areas and along yes. that central boulevard, as I understand it, where people with um, uh, their own plastic, you know, reusable water bottles can actually go and fill those up um, and it won't cost them anything to do that um there's obviously got to be uh, a, a, an issue relating to the the revenue that that impacts on when it comes to the single-use plastic bottles um clearly that's got to be something that as a business you would need to address before going down this route and and how did you go about doing that Absolutely. Um, it, it does have a, a significant impact, impact. I'm pleased to say that the um, water fountains have been installed. We installed them at the um, two water fountains at the end of last year. And, and, and yes, it's impacting on the amount of sales that we're making from plastic water bottles. But at the end of the day, um, the, our senior team are extremely mindful that this is a moral obligation now. Mm. And this is the way that that, that the um, that, that, that the whole society is moving forward. There is an expect, expectation from the consumer that free drinking water will be provided when, when they come to a space like ours. Um, so in the last, I mean, we, we, we've had several shows in since we installed the fountains. Um, I think we're looking at, we've already saved around 40,000 plastic bottles. Right. Um, fountains actually sort of count and, and, and monitor the, the amount of times that people are refilling their bottles. So even in the first three months of this year, 40,000 plastic bottles it really highlights quite how significant the kind of drinking water problem is sure and and of course the flip side to, to, to the to the point I made about you know the loss of revenue is that um, consumers are becoming more aware of it as much as venues and, and businesses are um, they want to see that businesses and, and places that they're visiting are taking a step in the right direction um, consumers themselves are becoming used to carrying you know reusable coffee containers reusable water bottles with them so actually the the, the public relations benefit that this can have on a venue of your scale again is actually going to potentially outweigh any sort of negativity from a from a sales point of view you may even find that that, the visitors are actually spending more money because they don't feel like um that you know that they're having to shell out vast amounts for for bottles of water absolutely i mean if if we're being sort of quite crude about it there is a brand reputation um issue at stake with all of this and we have noticed particularly since the installation of the fountains which is a very obvious sign of our commitment to reducing single-use plastic we have had some really positive feedback from both our immediate um, kind of visitors and clients but also um, from a PR perspective from organizations around London who are committed to um, water fountains but even even further afield on international um, perspective we've had feedback from inter international venues saying actually this is a really um, kind of p positive and welcome step that you're taking that, that we will be following suit on. And it's interesting that the plastic straw issue as well mm. is something that um, uh, uh, amusing is not r the right way to describe it but the whole but the plastic issue as a whole I find is something that 
it took a very short period of time, seemingly, for the penny to drop amongst a vast amount of people. As you alluded to, you know, David Attenborough did the um, the Blue Planet episode, um, and suddenly it was viral. It was on every social media feed around the around the world, um, and yet it seems so obvious, doesn't it? When, when you actually look mm. at it, you think, well, oh, crikey, yes, there must be a lot of single... And the straw thing is a massive one, isn't it? And how many venues have we now seen abandon the plastic straws and go to stuff that, that is organic or uh, uh, can actually degrade? Absolutely. It, that was one of the sort of quick wins we, we um, immediately identified. Um, and we're now in a position where there are, are no plastic straws at all at point of sale in, in our, our venue. Um, it, it, it was even challenging, though, to do that, given that um, it's all to do with the different retail units. I mean, some of the retail units are owned directly by ourselves. Some are franchises from the high street. So it was trying to align ourselves with, with, with their own procurement policies and convince some of those retailers that actually this is our, our, our position which we, we resolutely believe in and we need you to, to follow suit. So plastic straws was one of the first areas that we tackled. We're now looking at plastic cutlery which again should should be simple and we, we've removed huge amounts of plastic cutlery from the boulevard and have now replaced it with more compostable alternatives. Um, one of the things that has made a lot of this more complicated is a lot of the times these more sustainable, more compostable alternatives tend to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. So again, you're looking as a business at the kind of impact on your bottom line, but also looking at at what point can you pass that on to the end consumer, which we wouldn't want to do. But at what point does it begin to seriously um, affect your sort of business margins? But I'm pleased to say plastic straws are gone, plastic cutlery is nearly gone. And in all of our owned units, plastic bottles are now gone. We've now replaced plastic bottles of water with either tins of water, tin cans, Mm -hmm. or glass bottles. The only time that we can't fully implement that is when there is this kind of health and safety obligation. For example, when you have lots of crowds of people and you have a more more sort of music concert kind of set up, it's not safe to have glass bottles. Um, So that would be the only exception we would make to that. Uh, absolutely um and um from a a general you know waste point of view as well it's not just uh this initiative to reduce uh plastic waste via water bottles and via straws and simple uh simple things like that but there's actually been quite a, a rethink over the whole recycling and waste disposal element of, of the building and the operation as a whole yes. hasn't there yeah, absolutely. Because it's it's one thing to try and and re- replace plastic with sustainable alternatives, but that can then become largely I- irrelevant if the waste itself isn't disposed of correctly. And um, what we were finding is that there was some confusion amongst um, consumers as to what to then do with with, with these end products. So what we've done is um, introduced um, brand new, a brand new infrastructure into the venue. Venue, as boring as that sounds, I've been sort of highly involved in it. Um, Um, But what that means is that it's very clear to consumers that this is where my plastic goes. This is where my cardboard and paper goes. This is where what happens to my food waste. This is where my general waste goes. And we've also had to do a little bit of an education piece around the, 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 the contamination of waste, because just because an item is able to be recycled, doesn't mean that it, it can be if that if you have let's say a drinks bottle half filled with drink and yeah. you add that to the sort of waste stream essentially that contaminates that whole load of, of, of rubbish which means that at a later stage down the waste process it will get sent back or rejected and end up in landfill so another piece we've had to do is try to explain to people that if this item isn't clean or empty unfortunately it has to go into general 
the um, general waste bin as well. So um, it's, it's a bit about changing behaviours and increasing understanding of actually what happens once that kind of product has, has, has left your hands. Sure. And, and of course, what you're also doing, uh, as I see it, is, is, is really just tapping into habits that most consumers already have uh, yes. accessible to them now. You know, um, in most parts of the country now, people will be used to having one, two, three, sometimes four different recycling bins in their house. You know, we don't just chuck everything in the one bin anymore. You know, we're, no. quite, we're quite used to separating that in our, in our home life. And that shouldn't be any different now, really, when we go out into, into public areas. Um, you really, you're not asking people to do things any differently to how they would do them at home. No, no, absolutely. And we're allowing them the opportunity. A lot of consumers want to be conscientious and they, that, that they want to kind of have those domestic hab- habits um, kind of achievable when, when they go out. And what we're trying to do is, is help, help facilitate that um, and also highlight all of the other things um, so that they can make conscious um, choices. We've now introduced a, a, a sort of um, uh, re- re- retail s- stickers um, scheme on all of our units so each of our units will now have stickers which will highlight to the consumer where they can use their their reusable water bottle for water refills where they'll be offered a um a, a, a latte levy a discount if they use a reusable coffee cup and, and which um, and what each of the respective units policies are on things like plastic straws compostable um packaging sure. as well yeah. so that they're able to make educated um, choices at that point of sale as well Absolutely. Um, initiatives like this um, are, are, are fantastic. You mentioned that the the, the drinking fountains, uh, two of them were installed at the end of last year and have already uh, had a notable impact on the amount of uh, single-use plastic bottles yes. that would have otherwise been sold um, through the venue. But this would have taken, no doubt, a long time to plan. Um, changes like this don't just happen overnight. When did you first sit down really to sort of look at this and really address it as an issue and decide, right, we need to do something about it? And how soon were you able to implement the first round of changes? I think we probably started working on this towards the summer of last year. That's when we all sat down together and said, look, we recognise that there is a big issue here and that we have an obligation to, to look after it. And then it all had to get signed off at a senior level. And then at that point, even as you said, something like water fountains, it's not just a case of, of um, plugging a water fountain in. We had to go and source the most appropriate suppliers. We had to select sites down the boulevard where we could kind of plumb into our existing drinking water system. We had to, I mean, you're looking at plumbing into brick walls as well. So I had to get various teams along to make sure that was possible. Then you have to look at things like the health and safety implications where if you're, you're providing drinking water, there has to be regular tests for things like Legionnaire's disease. So it should be a really quick thing to do, but actually we just needed to make sure that we ticked off at every point um, so that it, it was all, all um, thoroughly done and then we had to look at do they actually work and thankfully I can say that they, they work <laughs> and they're being utilised frequently which is great. We, um, I think we're probably at the point now we've got two in place I think there's an appetite now for us to in, install even more Sure, because they have been so successful. 
And, and I was going to say two. I mean, I, I've not I've not seen them myself, so I, I, I wouldn't know how quickly they can dispense and operationally how many customers those two uh, fountains and access points actually allow you to um, to serve from a customer number point of view. Um, is it quite quick to, to to fill it up, or will you find that there's long queues? But you know, for people wanting to do it. It largely depends what event you've got in tendency for those sporting events that we have, the likes of, you know, the London Marathon Expo or one where people are moving around a lot. The, the demand for the water is high, but the, but the, um, the fountains are, are set up for that. It's the sort of technology that you'll, you'll see in airports and, and other places where, where there's a, a high density of footfall. Mm -hmm. So actually, we haven't noticed um, sort of any large queues at those points. And um, people tend, we've located them near both of our entrances so that people People see them when when, when they, they come into the venue um, so that they know at some point that, that they can come back and, and, and refill their, their water bottles. The next stage for us is now looking at being able to directly sell those reusable water bottles. So for those people who haven't brought them along, there's an option, option available to them. And um, when it comes to working with your own clients, the people who are actually coming in and booking the spaces that you offer there, um, how uh, how difficult or easy has it been to put together a communication strategy that has allowed you to talk and open up lines of communication with your own clients to really highlight what you're doing and getting them to buy into it as well? Has it been met with any objection at all? Because every event will want to do things differently yeah. based on their own particular customer base. Absolutely no resistance at all. It's actually been very easy because I think this is a sentiment that has that is is shared by sort of customers and visitors alike. So a lot of the time they've been approaching us to say, this is really important to our customers. What can you do as a venue to help us with this? And thankfully, we've already had got a um, plan and a campaign in, in place that we've been able to share with them. So it's been very sort of positively re um, re received. Excellent. Um, just, just going back to what we were talking about, um, you, you mentioned about the implementation of, of different types of, of cutlery. And again, you, you talk about these things aloud and they might sound really trivial, but when you're dealing with the scale um, that you guys have to look at every day in terms of the visitor numbers, and the amount of people coming through, um, the, the cost presumably is going to come down over a period of time because it's not just you as a, as a standalone venue um, suddenly deciding that you want to use compostable cutlery and get rid of yeah. the plastic stuff. This is something that's happening right across the events industry, right across yeah. consumers, right across all marketplaces. So like anything, initially there'll be a higher cost to go and buy those particular items, but one would assume that over time, as more people are buying them and as plastic becomes less um, desired by people, uh, it, the cost will come down, won't it? Absolutely, I would hope so. I mean, it, when you're sort of pioneering these new things, um, and you're, and as you said, there there isn't that sort of um, big big demand for them. It it, it, it is challenging. Um, I think over time, as you said, that will change. Um, we've had a lot of internal um, kind of discussions as well as to if we re replace plastic, let's say, with a more um, wood or um, packaging like that yeah. how sustainable is that and you know while we might be kind of getting rid of the plastic issue are we then therefore having an impact on rainforests and wood forests so mm. that, that it's been quite difficult to go to, to identify the absolute um, best alternatives to plastic and yeah. I think plastic in a way has has been sort of 
demonised since the Blue Planet. Um, at the end of the day, it's a very cheap, reliable, um, kind of good source of, 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 of packaging. And sometimes the alternatives don't fit the same kind of criteria that plastic could, could provide. So mm. we just had to be quite open and, and, and honest with the, uh, the, the procurement teams and our suppliers to say, what can we put in its place and what will still work and, and, and be effective for the end consumer? I think that the, the um, same applies for things like we, um, one of the, the one of the things we, we get a lot of comments on is having put on the paper coffee cups yeah. in the venue, which, as we know, are not very um, sustainable. That in itself is a huge challenge because um, there isn't a, a really viable alternative to these that can be produced on the scale at which a venue like ours might need them. Sure. Um, so again, we're just exploring, looking at how the world is changing and what sort of new products come to market that, that might that might suit this, this potentially um, uh, uh, ties back into your own work with your own clients and the events that they're hosting because I don't know if it's just 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 me and, and imagining it but when I've been in and out of um, exhibitions particularly in the last six months I've noticed that more and more companies are getting rid of the branded pens or the branded USB sticks and they're having branded reusable coffee or travel coffee mugs or branded water bottles um yes. that there seems to be more companies who are going down that particular route in terms of the swag that they're offering on their exhibition stands and this is potentially something that could have a sort of a big cyclical tie-in to a venue like yours if you're hosting a major exhibitions you know there's a big opportunity there for companies to get their brand out there but also for the event to promote the fact that if you go down this route actually Excel has a discount on coffees if people start using their own mugs. Absolutely. So, you know, you, can you see what I'm saying there? There's, there's a sort of big tie-in. Yeah, there's a really nice synergy actually, and it's it's funny you mentioned that because I've actually I've got the, I've got a coffee cup here that was given out during Ice um, Totally Gaming. They they Clarion Events made a big push um, to to hand out um, reusable coffee cups mm. to all of all of their delegates. At which point we could get involved and say if if you bring along this reusable coffee cup and take it to these establishments on our boulevard, you'll get a twenty five you know, 10% 10, 10 discount on the coffee that, that, that you sure. buy. So the more aligned we can be with organisers on, on initiatives like this, the more successful we, we can make them. Absolutely. And, and, and alignment, uh, as you said, is, is key because it, it, projects and initiatives like this, call them what you will, they, they do only work when everybody is on the same page. Yes. When, you're trying to, when, you, when you're trying to sort of, for want of a better phrase, flog a dead horse, you know, push an initiative onto people that who don't want to interact with it, who don't want to engage with it, who where other parties are not wanting to engage with it, then it doesn't work. It's stuff like this will only work and can only make an impact if everybody buys into it. Exactly. And as you mentioned, when, you, when we started talking, this is a global hot topic and it's quite rare for somebody now to turn around and not be a, a, aware of the issue or want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. the, more, the more challenging areas, areas are those things like the um, slightly less sexy areas, let's say like increasing energy efficiency around, around the uh, venue or getting rid of, of, of uh, other waste sources, which are not so well known about. Therefore, it's, it can be sometimes more challenging to have those conversations with clients about mm -hmm. why our approach is X or X to, to this matter. And, and uh, I know we, we, today's um, podcast has very much been, been focused around this drive to 
reduce the single-use plastic on site at Excel. Um, but as part of your sort of wider corporate social responsibility um, strategy, um, are there any other uh, initiatives and, and areas that you guys are going to be looking to identify and work on? Um, I know that there have been huge changes to the public transport infrastructure in and around Excel um, yeah. in recent years. Um, Crossrail will eventually bring... Um, trains right alongside it, it uh, if, when it does actually uh, <laughs> live but um in terms of uh, stuff like transport you know reducing mm. the amount of people who are using cars to get to the venue is this something that's always on your radar as well and does that tie in very much with this whole csr strategy absolutely so when it comes to parking and public transport our our preference is that all visitors um kind of come to the venue via public transport it's a much more sustainable means of moving around and part of the reason why our uh, our sort of pricing strategy on our car parks is to help i mean a lot of people a lot of feedback may be that it's it's a high tariff to pay mm. one of the reasons we have done that is to try and push people towards using public transport as a as, as an alternative um so yeah those those sort of things do play out in in other areas as well and it's diff it's difficult. I appreciate the way that you, you phrase that, but you, you have to put in a deterrent, you know, call it what you will. But if you want people to, to go to public transport, you have to try and do or take steps to, to, to move them away from even wanting to take the car there. Uh, and if they think that, that, that there may be, you know, a, a tariff that they think, well, actually, no, I'm better off going on the tube, then, yeah. then so be it. You know, I don't think that uh, personally, I don't think that there's, there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, I mean, the, the, the flip side to that is that with some of your uh, business events inevitably you're going to get people who will just pop it on the company credit card and who don't exactly, care yeah. and who will still come but anybody who's driven to excel uh will know that um it's far easier to get there on the uh, on the train and by public transport than it is driving you know who wants to who wants to tackle london in a car at the time of day when you've got to get to an exhibition or a conference absolutely not and and yeah i mean london traffic is is a problem and, le and let's face it london is introducing all of these initi initiatives now to try and deter people away from vehicles you've got the congestion charges you've got the um ultra low vehicle emission charges that sure. are being applied as well which over time i think will have an impact on on our venue as well as those kind of congestion zones kind of widen. Broadening, in, in, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, again, what we're doing as a venue is is re reflected at a, at a wider sort of um, social level as well. Absolutely. We've been joined on today's podcast by Julia Galbraith. Julia is a senior marketing manager at Excel London. And we've been talking today about um, the 8 million tonnes of plastic that are thrown away each year and how single-use plastic is definitely one of the world's most talked about topics and some of the steps that uh, Excel are taking to help reduce the amount of single-use plastic that's being consumed and utilised on site. Julia, are there, are there any particular um, uh, social media handles or pages or uh, parts of your website um, that explain a little bit more about the steps that you guys are taking. If, if people want to find out more about what Excel are up to, how can they do that? Absolutely. So we have, um, if anyone wants to find out more about our policies, not only to do with single-use plastic, but also um, our kind of commitment to deliver a positive legacy for our business. So that includes all the work that we do with charities and all the environmental practices we undertake. We have a dedicated sustainability um, page on our website, excel.london for sustainability. And then um, all the kind of immediate details about what we're doing in terms of plastic can be found at excel.london forward slash no hyphen plastic. Fantastic. Anybody who wants to find out a little bit more about 
the subject matter and what we've been talking about on today's podcast, head over to those links and, uh, and do your own digging. It's well worth it and uh, will have a big impact for us all in the long term. Julia, thanks very much for joining the podcast today. Um, Thank you. If you are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, then head over to eventindustrynews.com. You can watch videos of all of our podcasts, get up to date with all of the latest news within the various sectors of the events industry. And uh, there are loads of special features and supplements as well that you can download and keep relevant to uh, several different areas of the events industry. If you are on eventindustrynews.com watching today's podcast, don't forget you can also go over to your favorite podcast platform and download audio versions to listen to on your commute to and from work or if you're out walking the dog, whatever floats your boat. Um, That brings us to the end of today's episode. Thanks very much once again to our guest Julia Galbraith from Excel and we'll see you on the next edition of the podcast. Thanks very much and goodbye. Thanks, bye. Thank you.